Welcome to the inaugural edition of Mr. Nicer Guy. I'm John Slowey, and here we're talking with Ben Slowey. Hi, uh, Dad. No, I'm, I'm hijacking his show just for tonight. <laughs> but, uh, no, it's really Ben's show. Hmm. Well, uh... Oh, hi, you know, hi, hi, Dad. <laughs> uh, what we're going to talk about tonight is Civil War history. Oh, great. Uh, principles of horticulture. Okay. And the symphonies of Gustav Mahler. Okay. So this is going to be a five-minute show. Because you already know my, my expertise. <laughs> you know nothing. That. Yeah. Um, I'm kidding. Well, uh, I was going to say, give me like uh, ten minutes in right. your room to yeah, pour all these, all these books here for you to to uh, pour uh, over Civil War uh, right history right. Well, Dad, uh, uh, good, <clears throat> nice of you to join me here uh, for the show uh, yeah. as I'm closing out for the year. How was your day today? Uh, it was just fantastic. What do you do? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <clears throat> well, I watched the Bears win today, which means nothing because they're hopelessly... Who did they play today? They played the Vikings. Oh, okay. So they won. I watched a little bit of that. Mm. But it was kind of a waste of time. Uh, so damn, is it because uh, they're just not going to go anywhere with that? Well, no, they're out of the, they're not in the playoffs, so it was oh. kind of a waste of time. Uh-huh. But I have to go back to work tomorrow, so I'm just kind of bumming out today. So you should be in bed. Yeah. Yeah. Matter of fact, show's over. <laughs> you gotta go to bed. <laughs> yeah. No, that- I. I uh, it is uh, <clears throat> twenty minutes to nine. On uh, December tw- December 29th. You know, this is the thing about your show is that I don't know when they're recorded because you don't. I mean, you like this will be on like in March or something. Is that or, uh, <laughs> April? No, no, no. I'm uh, kidding. But anyway, February, it, but yeah. <laughs> so actually, speak now. L- let me uh, jump in and say yeah. that actually. If you pay attention to the episodes I do with the uh, the couch, um, right? There's in, actually, Mo- in Milwaukee. In Milwaukee, right? right. Uh, we have uh, there's a clock above the couch that has. I the, have noticed that. Yeah, so uh, you can actually you can see what time. Um, I was wondering if we should bring some cats in here because you usually have a cat. Oh, yeah. Well, the cats. Uh, I, I figured that sometimes it's one of the more interesting uh, people on or. Interesting things on your show as when, a cat. When uh, Lucia's like walking all over me and my guests, right. as we're trying to co- have a right. conversation. Yeah. Some, you probably some people don't like cats. What do you do? Uh, I tell them I I will shoot, nudge them off. The, yeah, I'll be like, go away, you. Right. Um, That's what I said. Yeah, right. I adopted that mm-hmm. from you. Right. Well, Charlotte <clears throat> and Wilbur uh, are cats here. Yes. Uh, where they joined us for uh, mom's interview. Um, you, mom already did her interview? Yeah, earlier today. Really? While you were at your brother's. Oh, my. I didn't know that. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, but the cats uh, joined us at the foot of the bed. I see. And, uh, yeah, uh, there was one point where Wilbur, like, jumped on the bed and got, like, in front of the camera, so I had to, like, kind of, like, knock him, like, push him to the side a little bit. But Right. Yeah, yeah. but... That's a big cat. I mean, it probably <clears throat> fill the whole screen. Massive, yeah. 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 
that uh, but I just want to say it's December 29th at uh, 8.42 p.m. Right. And tomorrow I do have to go back to work after being off for five days. So, well, it's a big bummer, but uh, I normally will be at, my normal bedtime is about 9.30, so. Mm. Yeah. But I, I don't think this is going to be a very interesting show, so maybe it'll be kind of short and hopefully. I'll just go to bed. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, you're, I think you're really, really good at what you do. Thanks, Dad. Really do. Appreciate that, Dad. Well, I, I okay. So, I, uh, I do appreciate that, yeah. and I tried have I've tried to adapt lively energy that I took from you growing up. Wow. Observing you, being like, you know. Uh, you know, like at, at all our family parties, you know, at our at our Fourth uh, of July parties, whatever. Right. It, you were you were Johnny Boy. Right. You know, you were Johnny, and uh, very great at entertaining people. You are great at uh, making people feel comfortable, and you're great at making people laugh. Obviously, uh, <laughs> you, yeah. Don't flatter yourself. Well, I was probably drunk. Oh, when, right. when all yeah. that happened. <laughs> uh, well, no, you know. I've always so I've tried to adopt that from you. Is well, I look up to that trait that you make people. You are so lively and fun and vibrant, and I try to incorporate that into this format. Well, I I appreciate that. Um, I've always tried to make people feel welcome whenever they're either here or at the Slowy House, right? Yeah, and I've always. Um, I don't know, I always want to have fun. I just want to, uh, you know, and it used to be where, <coughs> pardon me, it used to be where, where a drink, you know, everything is surrounded around drinking. Yeah. And, of course, there are still some people who drink over at the Slowy House. Right, uh, yeah. Because that was part of my life. Drinking was part of my life for quite a long time. Mm -hmm. But I will say this, that anybody who's, trying to be sober or trying sobriety uh, one of the things that I found is I can still have fun without drinking good and okay. that was one of the biggest struggles with uh, quitting drinking I have to also say that uh, I've been kind of nervous about this interview I, I know because that you that, have been well how do you know that <laughs> well because I, I, I mean help. I know how you are yeah, like right. I, I can read you when it's like you don't actually when you're on the edge about actually doing something. Right. You know? I, 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 frankly, I don't think I've ever been interviewed by anybody. Except, I mean, I've had a job interview, but I've never right. actually been right been filmed. Well, I thought it would be fun. <laughs> well, it would be fun. Yeah, it would be fun. It's been so interesting seeing how different people operate. Right. I mean, but it's like everyone gets pretty comfortable. Usually, yeah. like, within the first 20 minutes, like... The rapport is established. Right. Have you ever been, have you ever had someone that was really nervous and had a problem getting through it? Oh, yeah. There was one person who I won't mention their well, name. Well, I don't mention any names. Right, right. But there was one person where, uh, like, literally as soon as we started, uh, they were like, as soon as I, set, like, introduced them, they, they were like, they, they were like, uh, can we restart? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'd be honest with you, I think, you know, just hearing what we're saying now, maybe we should just restart this whole thing, too. No, I, this is, 
This is see. This is the wholesome content. Right. That people, yeah. That people tune in. Extemporaneous conversation, and who knows what right. where it goes. Yeah. So, Dad. Uh, but yeah. I have been. I mean, it's you know, you're. Um, I see how many likes you have. Uh, let the record state. I am not on Facebook, but I stalk fit. I stalk right. Facebook. You use mom's. I use mom's Facebook page. Right. Yeah. And I keep track of your likes. And uh, and I thought, was Facebook supposed to get rid of likes? Did I read that somewhere? Uh, I thought. I think that that, or that maybe was, at some other some other platform. That maybe. was uh, no it was Instagram. Oh, okay. Instagram was yeah. going to get rid of likes, uh, which really kind of makes sense, don't you think? Can you imagine like that someone's entire someone who has established such a like validation mechanism yeah. through their social media like on Instagram by how many likes they get right. imagine having that taken away from them yeah and what now you know like well how, i mean <laughs> being that i'm not on any social media platform uh good for I, you well <laughs> you know what i mean it's there are times I think that maybe I should be doing it, but you know, like with Facebook, just seeing some of the things that Nancy has to do with oh, someone requested a, to be a friend, and then she oh, should I do it or should I not? I'm like, I don't want that. You know, I mean, it's like there are some people who I'd like to know what they're doing, and right. and yeah, um, but I think. It doesn't outweigh my. I don't have disdain for it. I think it has a purpose. Mm -hmm. um, right. I think when we had our business, you know, the the garden center, that having a, a presence is really important because yeah. that's a way, you know, to market mm -hmm. your business and stuff. Right. But it's weird how, you know, pe most people don't have a business. <laughs> And right. they're really marketing themselves yeah. on Facebook. Right. And, you know, I mean, I know people have written articles about what Facebook has done and what Twitter has done. I mean, you know, but it's here to stay. It's not going backwards. Right. And, and, but as far as the likes go, it's like people get genuinely crushed if they don't have a bunch of likes. Yeah, I mean, am I, is that am I wrong? I mean, no, you're true. not. Absolutely. So, I've noticed on your Mr. Nice Guy, you'll have like the list of all the shows you've done. Yeah. And then there'll be a little thing that says how many views there's been. Mm -hmm. And I just, if someone has less than two hundred views, I'm like, oh man, I wonder if they get bumped out. Of course, I'm gonna probably have 20 views. No, you're gonna be. You're, uh, no, you're, I don't yeah. so. you're nothing, gonna. I, nothing I'm saying is very interesting. I think we're gonna break 1K. <laughs> <laughs> That's not happening. Well, I'm sure people are already don't, probably falling asleep already. Don't watch this. Right. Too bad you've already There's, started watching. We're saying it. nothing interesting. Well, There's nothing interesting. Well, Dad, I mean, we we can be a little more interesting. So yeah. Uh, so on that note. Um, right. <clears throat> So, Are you starting to change the subject? Yes, I am. Because you're the host of the show. Well, you're boring me. Uh, although <laughs> I am Mr. Nicer Guy, I am nicer than you. So you're no, you're Mr. Nice Guy. Change this with an R. You're uh, Mr. This nice. Should be John right here. You're Mr. Yeah. Nice Guy Senior. You could okay. be that. Right? Yeah. I'm responsible. Well, let's put it to you this way. 
I'm responsible for Mr. Nice Guy. Y yes, you are. Because if it wasn't for me, <laughs> you would be, <laughs> you would, you would be here. Right? Well, I hope right. that's true. Yo. I hope that's true. <laughs> you know... <laughs> I don't know. Nancy's not in here. So. Right. You're right. You're right, Jeff. You got right. me. Yeah. Most of the time, I am right. <laughs> right. 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 So, Dad, uh, I guess I would like to give a little background uh, because, I mean, I've talked about you and Mom and the greenhouse on the show previously. Like you have, right. I have referenced it on a number of times. Right. Uh, and is, it, is this the love and fear part of the, the show? I'm kidding. Go ahead. Yeah, Dad. <laughs> Tell me what, what what held you back. Uh, what, what were you afraid of when you opened this oh, business? Oh, I was afraid of a lot of things. I'm sure you were. So I guess like fear of failure. I mean, well, of course, sure, right? Which still, which we eventually did fail. Yeah, but it took oh, 30 years. To yeah, fail. Put, putting it that way, was it really a failure, or was it just was it a Something that worked for a long time, and then over, and then after a while, it was time to do something else. Uh, that does, well, that's uh, not that's, much of a failure. That's actually a, a good a good question. Um, no, we did, we were successful for, I would say, uh, tw twenty five years of the thirty one years we we're in business. That we we made money. Mm -hmm. uh, we were able to buy the house. We could. Raise you and Megan, and yeah. we ate. We went on vacation we in the summer, and, yeah. and we had. Um, yeah. But you know, and I, I, I'm not alone in having a business that failed, especially. <clears throat> you know, you were younger in 2007, so our prop did. Did Nancy already talk about this stuff? No, no, we actually didn't talk so, about the greenhouse that much. Oh, okay, so. Uh, in 2007, before the the uh, housing uh, collapse, basically, right. there were rumblings of of like a housing bubble, and uh, and for the viewers that don't know this, we had a retail garden center. Mm -hmm. right. So, um, so what happened before the housing collapse? In 2007, we had the 17-year cicada. Hack. I do remember that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was ridiculous. Uh, wow, I mean, it's a marvel of nature. Yeah, really, it's it's just amazing. And we were all marveling about these. And just so your viewers know, where we are was like ground zero. I mean, it was because there are a lot of many areas of the Chicago area and the Midwest where if you didn't have big trees 17 years ago, you didn't see a bunch of cicadas. Mm -hmm. So, and the reason I'm mentioning cicadas is that there were billions of them. <laughs> yeah. They were freaking <coughs> everywhere. They're on the trees, they're flying everywhere. Totally harmless. They didn't, um, they don't bite or anything. But people didn't want to go outside. And so, and they hatched. Memorial Day weekend, mm -hmm. which is, I think, our biggest weekend of the year. Yeah. So, what occurred is, is that we were outside marveling at this phenomenon, this this miracle of nature, and they hung around for a couple, I don't know, a couple weeks maybe. And uh, I noticed that there weren't as many people shopping. 
you know, for flowers. And people weren't gardening as much just because of all these bugs flying around. And so while we were marveling outside, uh, we were losing $40,000 in sales. So they went from Memorial Day to like almost the first of June, or after mid-June, I would say. So when Nancy did the figures, we had we had had forty thousand dollars less money in the cash register. Damn. And maybe it's not all the cicadas' fault, but I think a significant portion yeah. of that was that because the, the economy was starting <coughs> wow. to get shaky in two thousand seven. Because literally there were people, you know, money was free and people are buying giant houses around here that had no business living in a house that big and, and then in 2008 every all hell broke loose you know the the market collapsed yeah and so what happened was is that we were already kind of hurt from the 2007 uh cicada thing and then we went into 2008 and then the housing market crashed and our you know, people had less money, you know, and we're a luxury business. So people don't have to buy flowers. They don't have to buy anything at a garden center. So what happened was is that we, our business really started getting less money in 08. And being the optimist, I try to be an optimist, and I kept thinking I was going to get better. I go, we'll get through this year, 2009 will be better. Well, 2009 wasn't better. Then I thought 2010 would be better, and it really wasn't better. And so we kind of went into a kind of a slow but sure decline, which then eventually became untenable, and we had to close. And and so it was really sad, you know. I mean, I was, uh, you know, I developed a business. I had a relationship with the town, and people counted on me, and... And you know, you were here during that whole thing. I was. And um, I was mostly playing video games all right. the time. <laughs> you had yeah. no idea. What it was. <laughs> yeah. You just noticed that we we're eating hot dogs instead of like steak for dinner, maybe. That that, that was. But never, no, you didn't. That was that never that. a thing. No, that, we, <laughs> you know, we we still ate well. Right. As you can see, we still do eat well now. So we we sure do. Know, yeah. We sure do. Yeah. But anyway, so I think I've probably gone out too long about this, but. Um, we were successful, and um, it was a painful thing. Yeah. Right. Whenever you, being that most businesses, especially retail businesses, fail, like within the first couple of years of existence, how we went as long as we did, um, we we grew really nice plants, and people, you know, <coughs> people still miss us. You know, Nancy sees people at the grocery store that oh, we're so sad you're not there anymore, and it's like well. People don't Things even know. We, people Things don't even change. know we still live here. <laughs> I'm like my friends are like always like, oh, right? You still think, live there? <laughs> <laughs> like, they think it's like an abandoned house. Yeah, I mean, it, it, which I kind of like that. I like I people too. not knowing right. I'm still here. Yeah, you just look ransacked like right. a tornado hit. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah um, so after you know the business, uh, you know, liquidated and whatnot. Um, so I know that you. Went through various like interim yeah. uh, jobs, yeah. um, and now you currently work uh, for uh, the Ball Seed Company. Technically, it's Pan American Seed that oh, I work for, okay. which is a wholly owned subsidiary of Ball Horticulture. I see. So, okay. um, I'll try to briefly not bore your audience. 
Uh, I am a greenhouse grower. Yep. And I work at a research and development uh, facility, pretty big. It's 80, 80 acres uh, in Elburn, which is uh, 60 miles from here. And uh, so I, <clears throat> what I do is I grow plants for the people breed plants, flowers and vegetables. Mm -hmm. And what happens is, is, and they breed these by pollinating flowers. So they take pollen from one flower, put it on another flower by hand. Huh. And then what happens is, is these, these flowers, being that they're pollinated, they go to seed. Yep. <clears throat> so what happens, the flower fades and then the seed pod occur, uh, forms. And then the seed pod will dry and crack and then there's seeds. They can harvest the seed. So they harvest these seeds and then they sow them in a flat and germinate them. So they make little plants out of these. And then those are given to me. And then I grow them to I bulk them up, size them up. They yep. start flowering. Then the breeders will go back and evaluate what they've done. And that's how new varieties of things mm -hmm. come out. And so they, this facility is the largest breeder of um, flowers and vegetables in the country, this, uh, wow. this company. So it's a really it's a cool job. It's, it's certainly different than what I did here. I grew plants and sold them to customers, retail. We sell nothing. So the breeders evaluate what the, has been done, and then if they like the plant, it gets saved and maybe for further breeding. If they don't like it, it gets tossed. Eventually, all the plants get thrown out. So, um, except for the ones they keep for further breeding. But it's cool. It's like I'm growing stuff that's like uh, before anybody else uh, would know about these mm -hmm. things. You know, it's, it's like I'm on the I'm in the equation of producing new things. So you're like you're like a you're like a top secret like government. Well, scientist. It's funny. It's like <laughs> I'm not a scientist. I'm not. I I I'm a I'm a grower. I I mean I've been doing it for right, a long time. Right. The people that are doing the breeding are scientists, and so when you say it's top secret, in a way it is because you know there are competitors of Pan American Seed, right. and so you know. Nobody, they wouldn't allow someone from a, a competitive competitor seed company to come and look at what we right. have. Yeah, and um, you know, so it's kind of cool. I mean, it's um, uh, I love growing plants, still do. Yeah, it's harder for me. I'm older, so you know, I'm you have in, a long commute. I have a very long commute. And did you guys talk about the commute already? <laughs> We did. We did briefly. I don't know what you. I didn't. We briefly talked. About. We briefly mentioned. So we it. drive together. Yeah. And I drop Nancy off at College of DuPage, which is forty miles from here, and then I have to drive another twenty-five miles to my job, and then we do it on the way home. So I I have a three-hour commute every day. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's you got to do what you got to do. I mean. Uh, it's a bummer, especially in the winter time. I don't like driving if it's snowing, and you know I don't right. really. I like driving, uh, but the, it's a grind. It's it sure know, is. Traffic can be a. But you drink like bummer. a pot of coffee. I drink at day. least a pot of coffee. At least, yeah. Yeah. yeah, maybe more than that because 
we get. So I I brew a pot here. Yeah, and then this and your mother works. your mother drinks half a cup, right? Which I just again I want your viewers to know I deliver your mother's coffee to her in bed every single morning. But it's That's only nice. yeah, it's <laughs> only half a cup, and I I drink the rest of the pot. Fullest right, yeah. and then we get free coffee at work. So there, and it's Starbucks, it's Starbucks or Pete's, or they, they buy good coffee at work. So I, I drink their coffee there too. So I probably fucking drink a gallon of coffee every day. <laughs> That's so, ridiculous. Yeah, I thought I drink a shit. Well, I, you know, when I quit drinking, I, I, my coffee consumption ramped up. Big I imagine, yeah. yeah. So but, on that note, yeah. March 28th, 2014, right? A day that will live <laughs> yeah, in right. infamy. Yeah. <laughs> that's, what, that's when uh, the Madison police attacked my car on March 28th. Right, right, right. It 2014. Was, yeah, it was... Uh, they attacked me. I was just trying to get home. Right. You know. I remember. So you no, were... I had a lapse of judgment. Yes. Yeah. It's okay. Um, did, did, did you discuss that too with your mother? No, we did not oh, talk okay. about that. Okay. Um, so that's you know, right. I, I leave that for you to talk right. about because it is your right. thing. So, right. so <clears throat> for almost six years, you've been sober. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember, uh, and it just kind of happened so sudden, you know, like yeah. you know, you had you know the mishap and whatever. Right. Um, and let the record state, you were. I was 18. Uh, 18, okay. Yeah, you were right. 18. <clears throat> um, well, which you were probably, maybe you were drinking yourself at eight by Oh, by I was. Eight. I'm sure you were. Yeah. Alcohol is oh, is around us 24-7. Right. I mean, you cannot, it's really more sporting events, but, I mean, everywhere you look, there's a commercial, there's, you know, it's advertised. Uh, yes, yes, it is. Especially coming, you know, I live in a live in ripe beer, in beer town. I live in a ripe yeah. drinking culture. Sure. Um, and uh, you know, people make jokes about it. Wisconsin's yeah. alcoholism is rebranded as its culture. Right. People joke about that. I read you that Onion article yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> Where people said that. Well, the Onion's a brilliant. Oh, it's great. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I mean, <clears throat> I think. Uh, yeah, like it's, it is so. It is such a cornerstone of our of the social sphere right. worldwide. It is. Yeah. Um, so, I guess like when, you know, when that day happened, right? Like, you know, like, so you you could have decided, hey, like maybe I like you. You didn't have to make the conscious decision that you were going to just quit drinking, but you did. Right, and I'm proud of you for doing so. Thank you. I like why. I guess it's an like, individual decision, and yeah. and you know, it's like I knew leading up to. So, just full disclosure, what happened on March 28th, uh, 2014, about 10:30 p.m. was that I remember that day like it was yesterday, and of course we saw the greenhouse here, and so. Yeah. <clears throat> so I mean I'm self-employed, so I could start drinking anytime I wanted to. I mean it's not like yeah. I was the boss, right? right? So on that particular day, I think I started drinking like in the early afternoon. I mean we it was kind of a cloudy, cold day that day, 
And so I think I started drinking a few beers, like at 2, 3 o'clock or something. And uh, I don't really, I have a little foggy uh, remembrance of why I went to Bob and Dave's. You know, my two brothers live in Park Forest, five miles from here. So I, I drank like four beers here. Mm -hmm. And I got, I went over there, and I think I might have been a Blackhawks hockey game, maybe. Okay. Yeah. And so I proceeded to drink three, four more beers over there. And then somebody produced a bottle of Captain Morgan. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> that stuff. So, upon, you know, it's uh, it's actually a fallacy about mixing alcohol as far as it gets you more fucked up. It's the amount of alcohol you consume. It oh, doesn't, yeah. I mean, a lot of people say, oh, I can't mix those because... You know, I'll get drunk or whatever. Mm -hmm. What else, the only thing that matters is the amount of alcohol right. you yeah. consume. Yeah. So, but anyway, so I'm like, wow, well, let's uh, have a rum and coke for the road. You know, literally the road. It's going to be a lesson to you youngsters. Yeah. But uh, I'll never forget what Bob, Uncle Bob, my brother Bob, and uh, he said that I opened up a fresh bottle. And I poured myself a drink, and when he looked, when I when I was done pouring it, Bob looked at the bottle and it was like almost half gone. <laughs> so I had a it was like a tumbler about this tall. She filled it with ice, and I was just go 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 go, and then I splashed a little coke on. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I mean, I'm laughing about this. This this was really pathetic, actually. But um, so I drank it. And I'm like, oh, I'm fine, you know, it's okay. And, you know, like the thousands of other times I did that where, you know, I always considered myself a good, I still consider myself a good driver. And, I mean, I literally drove countless times where I would not have fit, uh, passed a right. sobriety test. Doesn't mean I was weaving all over the road. It just right. means that I was driving, yeah, and I was legally impaired because yeah. .08, which is the impairment level in Illinois, which I think it's pretty much all across the country. Uh, you know, that's a couple drinks. You know, and, and of course, it all matters how much you weigh and the how fast mm -hmm. you drink and all that. But but basically, make a long story short, uh, the captain fucked me, man. He fucked me. The fucking captain. <laughs> you know, I put yeah. my foot up on the barrel, you know, the commercial. Yeah, right, commercial. right, yeah. And the barrel, like, <laughs> rolled away and I uh, <laughs> fell backwards. But no, um, so I I was on my way home to come back here. And uh, I was, uh, thought I was driving fine. And the car in front of me, we approached the traffic light. And it turned yellow, and the car in front of me like slammed on their brakes, and they didn't want to, you know, mm -hmm. go through potentially a red light. Well, I was following too close, and I rear-ended this person. And what happened was that um, I didn't really smash the car. I mean, we both got out of our cars, and it was a young lady. She's probably 18 years old, whatever. And we both looked at her bumper, there was no damage, and she says, oh, well, there's no harm done, and she got in her car and 
and proceed to drive away. Well, there was a Madison police officer behind me, mm. cherries on, and at that point, I was my goose was cooked. And oh, yeah. you know, I've had I know attorneys, a couple of very good friends of mine are attorneys, and they always say, if you ever get pulled over, you never, ever, ever admit you've been drinking, ever. I mean, because the first thing they're going to say is, oh, you had a few beers or whatever, and, and you're to say, no, I haven't had, I mean, no, I've not had any beer. But, I mean, you know, I'm sure I reeked, you know, and uh, so I said, no, I hadn't been, he asked me if I was drinking, I said no, and then he asked me to get out of the car, and of course, this is in the middle of a four-lane highway, mm -hmm. and I'm like standing, you know, outside my car. And so he had me walk a line, and I, I was fine. And then he held his finger, and he said, follow my finger. And he starts, you know, doing this, you know. Mm -hmm. Nailed right there. And that I've learned that, that you cannot fake that. So when you're drunk, your eyes flutter yeah. when you're following his finger. And you can't. It's like involuntary. You can't stop it. So and so, but I mean, I was, if you know, if it was only walking a line or whatever, I probably would have. I could have potentially been um, in fun. Yeah, I could. Well, no, I'm not fine, but I might. He might have let me go. Did he just do the test, or did he ask you to do it? Because I thought my understanding was that you can say no if oh, yeah. someone offers. I've heard that too. And if, I, you know what? I don't. Because I've, I've told you I've known attorneys. And, right, uh, right, yeah. And I had one attorney tell me, you look straight ahead and you crack the window and you answer their questions and they're going to ask you to get out of the car and you could say, officer, am I under arrest? And if he says no, then he doesn't have a legal right to have you get out of your car. But I, you know what? I don't know if that's true. Yeah. But when you're wasted and you're scared and, you know, this is all happening... You know, like this, I and mean, it's fast. So, I'm not sure if he asked me. Okay. Um, but regardless of the fact, I was drunk. I shouldn't have been driving. Yeah. No one got hurt, but I mean, I was, I was plastic strapped. You know, like with my hands behind my back, put in the back of a squad car. They told my car away. Um, I was brought to the police station. I was there for a couple hours, and I remember. You know, I was waiting for my phone call. <laughs> you know, the movies, wow, well, I got one phone call. Right, yeah. I wasn't offered a phone call for several hours. And in the meantime, your mother's text, you know, phone's blowing up, and with, with her text, I couldn't use the phone. And uh, eventually, they got me to do the breathalyzer, which you can refuse that. Mm hmm. Which I was also told, if I was ever in a situation like that, to refuse the breathalyzer because basically you're giving them evidence, you know. But so there were four police officers surrounding me, telling me, "Oh no, you need to do the breathalyzer." So I kind of use the analogy like I was a baby squirrel surrounded by coyotes, basically. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, I don't think I'm going to do it. And eventually, you know, I said, okay. And I blew like a, what was it? 
It was high. I mean, it was. I was. I was fucked up. So anyway, so I get booked, and then your mother picked me up, and uh, it was. I think one word was spoken. Actually, two. Uh, actually, you could say three, but one of the words was uh, it was I'm instead of I am. Okay. <laughs> I said I'm sorry, and she didn't say a word. And she was pissed. We should have every right to be pissed. It was, it was bad. So, you know, and before before that, I knew I was drinking too much. You know, so I mean, I was drinking every day, and it was, you know, it was coming to the point where you know you get a hangover. You say, oh, I'm gonna take a day off. But then later in the afternoon, oh, I'll just have one. You know, so my drinking kind of slowly be, got ramped up, just like my coffee drinking recently, but. Coffee's much better to drink. Sure is, yeah. Right. But uh, so what happened was uh, I got a DUI, and at that point, the next morning I woke up with one of the worst hangovers ever, and I just went in the breezeway, got all my booze, got I had a fresh case of beer, I had a big unopened bottle of, of uh, Smirnoff vodka, I had a bunch of other shit, threw it in a box. Drove over to my brother's with the scene of the crime, and I just put it on the table. Said, "Here, here, here's all my booze, and I'm gonna take a break." You know. So, and I haven't drank since. But so I didn't. Did I know I was gonna just quit drinking at that point? No, I, I didn't. But so I was. I was sober for a good week, and then I was just like, well. You know, I feel I start feeling better, and it was like a thing where. Um, you know, oh, I'm just going to go another day. You know, mm -hmm. that's, you know, if anybody's been AA, which I don't go to AA, but one of the central themes is one day at a time. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's how, right. that's how they, one way to deal with addiction. And so, uh, but I, I think one of, maybe I said this earlier in your, in your show here, but the hardest thing was convincing yourself you can still have fun. Without, oh yeah, without yeah. drinking, mm -hmm. and I, I still have fun. Do I want to drink? It's, you know, not really. But I mean, if I'm having a good meal and there's a, would I like a nice glass of wine with a meal? Of course I would. But I just know that if I had one, that would maybe lead to another one, and then you know, it could it'd just be trouble. So it's just yeah. it's it's best that I don't drink. I don't mind being, I can go to a bar with you, I can drink a Diet Coke or a club soda. Right. It, I don't, just by walking into a bar, I don't feel like I have to drink, you know, because I've been to many bars since I've been sober. Um, do I like being with people who are drinking? Up until about a drink and a half, I've noticed this, that after like the second, when they get the second drink, when they're halfway done with it, then they start being stupid. <laughs> So like, they start saying stupid things. And that happens to me when I've had my when I'm a, right. You get stupid, right? You know? But I'm stupid before I even right. the first. It's, drink. it's even worse for you because you're already stupid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, but like for instance, with some dear friends of mine that right, you know what I might have howled with laughter and think was really funny. Some of the stuff just isn't funny, you yeah. know, and. and so if I go somewhere where there's a lot of drinking, I usually go home early. You know. Yeah, good so, for you, Dad. Well, Thank you for sharing. Right. Well, I mean, I, to me, I don't have a problem talking about it. Uh, 
I have a family of addiction. I mean, my dad was, your grandfather was uh, a drunk for a long time. He sobered up a couple years uh, before he passed away. Um, and so, I mean, been around alcohol my whole life. You mm. know, when I smoked a bunch of dope in the, early in the... I'm I smoked dope in... 16, 16 years. 16 or yeah. 17 years. It's coming up on 17 years, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How you, do you know that? You've, yeah. made, you've made that Did clear. Did you like, write this down? You told me the last time okay. you smoked dope was in January of 2003. Mm -hmm. I do remember you told me that. Um, you know where the last time I smoked it? wasn't here, was it? No. We were just going to see the return of the king. Really? Yeah. <laughs> the Lord no of the way. Yeah. That is so yeah. funny. Right. I, I mean, real funny story about that. It's not so funny. but So I went to the dentist like a day after that. And my dentist was like looking at my molars. And he noticed this like little white area on the side of my uh, cheek, on the inside of my cheek. And he was like, oh, hmm. It's kind of unusual, and he goes, well, we're going to send you the oral surgeon. <clears throat> I want him to look at it, and maybe you might have to take a biopsy. And when he said biopsy, I'm like, biopsy, what? <laughs> so I thought I had, like, mouth cancer or something. Yeah. You know, so that was, like, the first scare. And I, and I smoke cigarettes, as you know. i got to quit those. But, but anyway, you know, smoking both marijuana and cigarettes... So, but it also, to me, it was, and this was, you know, again, 16 years ago, the pot was getting too good. I, I couldn't smoke, you know, there wasn't, the smallest amount was too much almost. I mean, it's like I got, and I know you don't, you don't smoke. No, not since I was 18. Right, and so, you know, I mean, this pot that, especially now it's being legalized here in three days, and, you know, some of this pot is just a little, like, narcotic-like, and it's... And the last pot I bought was like that. Damn. And I could not smoke it without like having heart palpitations or paranoia or whatever. It wasn't fun. Mm -hmm. you know, so, That's why I couldn't smoke it. Yeah, so, I mean, remember I think I even told you, I said, so you, you're not having fun when you're smoking it. And you said, well, no. And then I'm like, well, why are you smoking it? Then? Right, yeah, right. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, we humans do things that aren't good. But, you know, I smoke cigarettes, they're not good, that's not good for me. But I really enjoy the taste of the tobacco, and it's just a, it's a nasty habit. I don't, I'm trying to cut down, I'm not smoking like 12 to 15 a right. day. Uh, but people, you know, we all know things aren't, we're not supposed to do stuff. But you just keep doing it. Yeah. It's the short-term relief. Well, that's, that's a big part that's of kind it. of the story of addiction. Yeah, know? exactly. It's like, a, you yeah. know, you, you say, well, I really shouldn't do this, but well, it I, makes you feel good. Yeah, you know? for sure. I yeah. mean, you know, I keep in mind that, you know, I come from you and this family. Right. That I do have a predisposition. Yes, you do. Yeah. So I don't have to be careful. Well, you should be. I think that the neuroticism I get from mom's side helps a little yeah. bit. Oh, oh Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, I know but, you don't get any of that from my side. No, 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 no. no. That's I'm joking there too. <laughs> yeah. But well, you know what? I think everybody has a, you know, their vices. Everybody has an issue. You know, there's nobody. All the people you think are, oh my God, his life, her life, whatever, must be yeah. fantastic. Well, you don't know what's going right. on, and there's always something under the surface that. 
that you don't know about and and yeah. you know I mean there's a reason why people drink and there's a reason why people smoke dope and it's humans have been you know trying to make themselves feel better for thousands of years yeah. right? right so I mean it's, right as long as you know I mean if you're if everybody says moderation moderation I mean that's that's a tr that's a true statement mm -hmm. but I think a lot of times you just you need more to get that moderate buzz yeah. you know and that's what with, with alcohol tolerance tolerance builds up to where I mean when I was still drinking I could drink a there were times where I drink a like almost a half a bottle of scotch and you would think I was sober I mean and, and of course, I wasn't, but right. it took more. It took more drink to get to where you wanted to be. Yeah. You know? yeah. But, but anyway, yeah. enough of that. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I'm glad. I'm proud of you. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, it's it, it's uh, it's just better for me. I think it. I think it is, and I think also. I mean, part and I partially attribute this to you know what I was going through in high school and not. But I think that you the combined like. Me growing up, me becoming more mature, plus you being sober, uh, made our relationship a lot better. Well, I would agree, and I mean both with you and Megan. I think you know I don't fight with you guys, and I used, right. we used to fight, and uh, or not fight, but we would argue. Argue, yeah. You know? But um, no, you know, it's a, I have a more even keel. Um, <coughs> You know, it's funny about how it's like being sober. I, I've read that it's kind of becoming a thing now. Mm -hmm. I mean, do you know what I'm talking about? I mean, whether these sober bars opening up oh, all yeah. over the country. Yeah, I have been seeing And those. people are, um, you know, I think it's nothing but it's nothing but a good thing. Um, I mean, a lot of people shouldn't drink. Right. You know? Yeah. But. Um, you know, I always admire someone that could just have like two glasses of wine and that's it. Mm -hmm. You know. That was not me, you know. I oh, this is good. Let's keep drinking. Yeah. But um, no, I, I appreciate you being proud of me. It's um, I'm proud of myself. You yeah, know? totally. I know your um, family's proud of you too. Well, yeah. I mean, it's um, you know, I uh, it's just it's I get along way better with you and, and Megan and my wife. I mean, we're mm -hmm. we don't fight. I mean, we still have disagreements, but. Right, everybody does. Of course. Yeah. Now you're on the key, the not low carb diet as well, right? I am doing a low carb regimen. Um, I'll have to say it is a little challenging. Uh, sometimes it's really challenging. Like when um, we're picking where we're going out for dinner. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and I can't eat normal pizza, which is like one of my favorite foods. And, right. Um, the chips. Love chips. I love chips. Too. Love chips. Chips are my. Um, chips are my. Miss like, those. Yeah. Uh, also, no pasta. Love pasta. I mean, right. you know, spaghetti. Just bread. Like yeah. You know. But it, I mean, I've lost some weight, and um, the more research I'm doing, uh, just m on my own. I mean, I'm, I'm not. Certainly not a scientist or anything like that, but You're not a dietitian. I am not a dietitian. <laughs> I'm not a nutritionist. But the more I read about what carbohydrates do when they're in your system, the more evil uh, they are. Um, now, not everyone's the same, uh, but there's definitely a correlation between uh, obesity rates, chronic disease. 
diabetes, this kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Um, you know, this is the thing is that I I love all the things I just mentioned. I love all spaghetti and pizza and tacos and all that stuff. Um, so I went to the doctor and I got a blood sugar reading that was that was high. So my first thought was, well, I'm going to stop eating desserts, you know. So I stopped eating cookies and pie. Sugar. Yeah. Try to try to really watch my sugar. And you know, I like to bake, and that was a hard thing for me. So I still bake. I just don't eat. What I bake. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, so I, I gave that up. I mean, a lot of the the candy and cookies and cake and stuff. So I went back and had blood uh, blood uh, sugar reading, and it was was lower, substantially lower, but it was still above <clears throat> it was above a hundred. So if you're above a hundred, you know, and you're consistently above a hundred, you're pre diabetic. So you're on the royal road. In other words, you're if you don't change, you're gonna be taking a medication. So the doctor says, why don't you try this this lower carb diet? And he didn't say keto, he said a lower carb diet. So so I'm like, I went home and I like examined what I was eating every day and my normal diet and everything and, and it was like a carb bomb. I mean, every day I was like, I was eating whole grain bread all the time. I mean, I didn't have any refined carbos, uh, carbs like, you know, white flour. The only the only thing I ate that was, was, was white rice, which you really shouldn't eat that. But I thought I was doing everything right. I was eating fruit, a lot of fruit. Mm-hmm. I was eating um, uh, whole wheat, whole grains. Um, but then, you know, I was drinking skim milk, which is, you know. We don't see that in the fridge Your mother and I used to drink two gallons a week, just the two of us. So when I like added up all the carbs I was consuming, and it was, <laughs> it was just like unbelievable. And so... I'm like, wow! I have to radically change because I really don't want to go on a pres- on a prescription. And you know, it's all about insulin insulin resistance, and that can be. And I don't want to sound too preachy, but insulin resistance is kind of a precursor to many diseases. Mm-hmm. And obviously, being overweight is, you know, never good. I mean, it's like right. you're more predisposed to. Diabetes, heart attack, stroke, all this stuff. So, so yes, I, I went on a lower carb thing, and I've from my high point, I've lost 40, 42 pounds from my heaviest, which was a couple years ago. So, but I feel, I just feel better. I feel Good. more mentally alert uh, by not stuff in my pie hole with all this stuff. <laughs> you know, I don't get that that, you, that daily crash like oh, between yeah. one and two o'clock where you gotta want to take a nap. Oh, I get I mean, that. I, I still get that. If I'm if I'm off, which I've been off for the holidays, I still like a nap. Right. But when I was carving up and eating, you know, cereal and all the stuff, sugars and stuff, it was like I would just be dragging, like, you know, and I, <laughs> my job. <laughs> You know, it's not like I can go lay under a bench and just take a nap, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. Even though I wanted to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Go out my go in the back seat of my car and <laughs> yeah. take a nap. But I now that I've I've eating a lower carb diet, I, I just feel better. I don't Good. I don't have the uh, extreme exhaustion and stuff, you know. Good, but, Dad. Yeah. 
Well, it's past nine thirty now, so I should get, let you get to bed. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> I don't really think we've talked about anything really interesting, though. I mean, this has just been you know, it's it's been a show about nothing. You know, <clears throat> right. <laughs> right? But not as funny as Seinfeld. <laughs> right. But uh, it's refreshing that we haven't made one mention of a certain guy and a certain light-colored house that's in Washington, D.C. And we, and, uh, <laughs> it's nice to have a conversation where, that isn't where the focal that, point. that's not mentioned. Yeah. Because we are in perilous times. Yeah, we are. You know what I'm saying? Right. We so, sure are, but, uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm glad we could completely ignore that. Right, uh, for a change. Yes, and just yeah. keep it uh, strictly... Uh, Internal mono e mono here. Right, mono e mono. Right. So, Dad, uh, as we close out, tell me what keeps you up at night. What keeps you up at night is uh, usually urination. Uh, <laughs> I have to, like, I've noticed that if I drink too much before I go to bed, it's about three. I got to get up and pee. You know, oh, I, I do that one. No, I have to say, uh, you said you're proud of me. I'm very proud of you for doing this podcast i think it's thanks um you really proved to me that you you have an engaging personality you you have a way of getting the best out of people i know you're asking me what's keeping me up at night but i'll say it, i don't really stay up as much at night because i don't really worry about you like i oh. i was always like what is he what is he doing and you know, I hope he's okay, and, you know, why does he keep calling me and he needs a $100? You know, that would kind of keep me up, <laughs> yeah, keep me up at night. Right, yeah. But, uh, yeah. I've been sleeping, I haven't done that in a long time. I've been sleeping better since um, it seems like you, you really put it together. And Thanks, Dad. We all need to make more money, right? Right, we sure you know, do. But, I haven't borrowed but money. You're, but you're, <laughs> you haven't borrowed money. And I don't have any money. So, yeah, so it's not like I could just you know take me to the bank. Do a GoFundMe thing or right, something. Yeah. Right. <laughs> what puts you to sleep, though? Uh, what puts me to sleep, uh, again, related to you, is I, I sleep better going to... Um, I sleep better knowing you're doing better. I'm also just goddamn tired. I'm like I'm driving and working and... You think well, the cof- all that coffee makes you more tired? Uh, you don't. You, maybe. I know. I usually don't drink coffee t- after uh, like six, six o'clock. I'm pretty sure we were driving home from Uncle Michael's the other day. Oh, I was like fucking. I was almost falling asleep. But y- I saw you take a sip of the coffee. Yeah, I had. To. And that was at like <laughs> nine at night. Right, dude. I don't want to tell you, but I was like, I mean, I'd never fall asleep driving, or maybe once in my entire life. But that drive home was killer. I mean, it was like the, I was almost to the point where I was going to put my head out the window and like <laughs> yeah. scream. You know, they say put your head out the window and scream and stuff. But um, yeah, I was drinking coffee. You were drinking day. a lot of coffee. I was so tired. You were tired. Yeah, I was tired. <laughs> anyway, no, I, I sleep. I sleep well. So, Good. Yeah. Well, you can so, go to bed now that we're right done, on, this. dude. Oh, thanks for. Uh, Thanks, Ben, for Thank- having me. I mean, I'm kind of I'm honored to be on your show. I'm wondering why I wasn't the first guy, the first show. <laughs> because but, I was, you know, yeah, I live I'm, in another state. I'm kidding. No, I've uh, I've actually been nervous about this, and uh, um, but it, it, see, 
you're a very easy guy to talk to. Oh, thanks, Dad. Well, I, you are. I mean, that's. I mean, you're getting. You're really good at this. Well, I mean, Dad, you're a nice guy to talk well, to, thank and you. that is. Oh, I'm Mr. Nicer Guy. Yeah. Right. So, cheers. Cheers. Uh, yeah. Thank you for watching, Mr. Nicer Guy. We hope you had a good year enjoying the show. Uh, cheers to another great, to a great 2020, another great year of content. Thanks for st sticking with us. We'll see you next. Time.